Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now, as ever, let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Well, we've managed to squeeze in a proper little treat for you. Because a few weeks ago I had the opportunity to speak to Kate Enters. And as well as being an artist and an all-round great person, Kate is the founder of ArtCan. And this bonus episode has sort of been split in two. So in the first half of this recording, we're speaking about Kate and her practice. And in the second half, we're speaking about ArtCan. I've known of Kate and ArtCan for quite some time. And they're a not-for-profit organisation whose sole intention, and their sole intention is to put a spotlight on their artists and and give them a, a sort of springboard into the art world. And they don't even take any commission on sales. How cool is that? This episode was recorded several weeks ago but we've held it back so that its release can coincide with ArtCan's next virtual exhibition, with the private view for that exhibition being the 8th of November. And to gain access yourself, listen out at the end of this episode, because Kate will give you all the details of the easiest way to go about it. So please, come and join me as I spoke over Zoom to Kate Enters. I'm speaking this afternoon with Kate Enters. Hiya, Kate. Hello. First of all, for anyone that doesn't know you, how would you explain what you do? I'm an artist, fine artist, painter, um, and I am the founder and director of ArtCan, which is a non-profit, totally volunteer-run organisation that offers opportunities for artists to exhibit without them having to rely on formal gallery representation. And if we can divide that in two straight away, let's just concentrate on you. Um, was there art in the home growing up, Kate? 
in what respect? Not necessarily, um, not necessarily fine art in the sort of, in a, I think I was the only painter. Um, my sister's fashion designer. There was always music, um, drama. We would, whether we liked it or not, we ended up going on the stage because my dad wrote plays. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. So we have to do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in a strange way, it, it put us in good stead for being able to communicate, I think, yeah, and sort of feeling of comfortable with, with people and putting yourself out there. Um, my uncle was a set designer, very sort of visual and inspiring. Um, I feel like he is sadly no longer with us, but I feel like channel channel some of some of Uncle Bruce, so that's nice. Nice. Um, and my mum always sort of came from a much more sort of creative and bohemian sort of background, I suppose. So it always was just creative. It felt that if you needed an outlet or something to do, then it would be draw something or paint yeah, something yeah. or pick up a book or whatever. So we were kind of definitely wasn't a maths and science house put it that way <laughs> and that's that's quite all right <laughs> and uh yeah what a good household that is full of creativity in whatever area yeah. so how did you end up becoming an artist it just was what I did it was and it's really difficult to explain and sometimes I've tried to sort of analyze it whatever yeah yeah but it just it's one of those things that I can't explain because it's integral to me needing to just have that as yeah. my outlet. So it's what I do. It's an extension of me. And that actually is what well, I was lucky. But I had to choose art at GCSEs. You had, if you wanted to do art, you had to then pick between a science and something else to make sure that you were able to do art. But I was, for me, I was like, of course I do art. I just... <laughs> why have I got to pick yeah. so it was it was in, yeah oh actually it was between history and geography so I chose history so I could then do art random nice. things that you do but for me I just think it, it was it's just who I am so in a strange way to have to do it to follow that creative path felt fine because that's the way education structure is but at yeah. the same time I think it would have been something I did regardless of that being the route that gets given to you when you're little um so no, it just it is my happy place. It just if if I'm drawing or actually painting, painting is is where I get to. I start with a sketch, but if I end up painting, then actually that's when it just starts really yeah. living. Yeah. And I feel that this is me. Yeah, just this whole process is important. Um, so yeah, I can't I don't I can't really explain it, but it's just who I am. Yeah, just a part of you. Like it well, like it is at this point for any artist. But myself, like, you know, I was introduced to art at a late age, 26, 27. So, you know, I, I felt like I entered the art world rather than but it was being probably brought always up there, But it. maybe you didn't have that introduction or space to explore it when you were young enough for it to then become something that was just what you did. Because there were so many other influences and things that you're, like the education system, you're, you're, you have yeah. to be like 10 different subjects. So how are you ever going to feel really integrated with one specifically i think yeah. yeah i've often said i've i've always been creative but i'd never really created anything up until that point yeah but the visual representation of that mind being creative wasn't there so what, what was the point kate that you wanted to be an artist so i graduated from art school and very soon realized that you can't just be a practicing yeah, artist course when you need to pay bills and actually want a certain you know life so I did quite quickly realize that it would be good to sort of immerse myself in the art world and find out 
what it's all about yeah. and how you could potentially be a, a practicing artist. And it was at that point, and that was a slight shift that I realized that yes, I am, the creativity is integral to who I am and what I do, but I'm actually really quite good at business too and, and enjoy creating things and looking after other creatives and making things happen yeah. um, seemed to just also be kind of part of who I was too. So I um I was really lucky. I got my first job at the V&A Museum in the press office. So it was nice. like PR, which is why I was <laughs> laughing about PRs earlier. Because um, I'm pretty sure I actually asked for a set of questions on occasion. Um, went to the press office there and just suddenly was really lucky because I used to... <clears throat> been a long time ago now so I can actually safely say that I used to get accidentally on purpose lost <laughs> just so I could you know yeah. put myself in another gallery in, at the V&A and but it just felt really important for me as a practicing artist to experience what the art world was and to actually understand the history of real artists because it's all been sort of philosophizing before because at yeah. art school you you feel very important because you've been put in this situation and it's you and it's your art and it's amazing and brilliant, but it's got no real place or gravity within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was actually, I felt it was really important for me as an individual to get that gravity, to get that sort of knowledge and that sort of solidity to then like go, actually, this is, I am an artist, I can do this. Whereas I felt a bit of a fraud to be able to just go to Dar, looking down at others, everyone would just look at you as if you're a bit of an idiot. So it felt important for me to actually understand what the art world was and how that functioned to some extent to then be able to find my own identity within it. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. And do you find that you've now found your feet, both yeah. as an artist and a creator of other creatives, if you like? Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. I mean, it's it's almost 20 years yeah. since that first job at the V&A. So... 20 years of exploring, finding things out. I, I love a happy accident. And I think sometimes people aren't brave enough to actually just take some risks to see where it might happen, what might go yeah. or might, what might happen. And I think you should always take some risks just to sort of experience things, to know what's right and what's not right, whether or not it actually develops you as an individual, if you can then grow from that, if you get knowledge base, that means that you don't do it again. <laughs> Yeah. Or if you do it, you just know that you're not doing it. But if yeah. it goes wrong, that's just a confirmation that you was right in the first place, I think. Yeah, and that's uh, how nice to have that confirmation. I think, yeah. yeah, trust that it gives you confidence then to then move forward. So everything is always to move forward, I think. Yeah, so I think through all of that process, I feel quite quite solid now. The one thing, because I do so much for the creatives and going, if we go onto that side of what I'm up to, then I don't I don't get to paint as much no. as I would like to. And so I need I need to figure out a balance. I think what I do with art kind of everything is a creative process, and it is, and I've built it up to be organic and to sort of evolve because it's meant to evolve as opposed to being forced to evolve. And that's also something I yeah. think is really important. So I I enjoy that creative process with that, but the actual paintbrush in hand, I I just miss it. It's a longing, I think, and. I've been telling myself that it's fine because I can build up the anticipation and the ideas and the content yeah. and everything is all there and it's all growing because it's all part of me, blah, blah, blah. Of course, and then yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I just want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> then, but the problem is if I unleash it, then it's going to be like, whoa, I'm going to need like a whole six months when nobody comes near me yeah. and I'm able to just unleash it. But I, I don't have that luxury yet. No. <laughs> But you, you yeah, have the yearning inside to pick up the paintbrush. 
I do little things just to keep me ticking along, but it's not that the, the paintbrush is the, it is an unleashing, it is, it's, it's the conduit for everything that needs to sort of yeah. come out or the, or the messaging or the conversations I want to start through the, through the visuals that I create. Yeah, it's like with almost... an audience or with myself, but you know, yeah. whoever. And I don't really think about that side of it. I just know that it's something that needs to be on a canvas or whatever surface, just yeah. because I've started that conversation. And it starts from almost a meditative state while you're creating the art in the first place. Yeah, it's almost um, subconscious, do you? You don't. You think you've started with what it is but <laughs> yeah, it, it always adapts and changes that, yeah. and that that's also part of the beauty that's what I mean those happy accidents as you sort of going through the process that's I find that really exciting yeah okay art can how did that enter your life it entered my life because I was exhibiting so after about 10 years of working in sort of art and PR especially in sort of big events and things like that I sadly lost my mum um oh, and it sort of realigned where the energy needed to be and so i i went freelance um so that i could then also paint more dedicated to my own practice mm. and actually exploring all that it felt really important at that time um and i organized some solo shows i was lucky enough to find some spaces that weren't formal gallery spaces to host some exhibitions and i just did it myself because i felt that that was easier to do than try and wait for a gallery to represent me um and through that process I actually did get a couple of galleries who uh, supported me on a few shows and things like that but I'd see all the same faces at my private views um and I thought that other artists must have similar situations of you know you've got a guest list normally made up of friends and family that doesn't necessarily mean you end up with a collector base other than your dad who's no, amazing and obviously he loves the work but it's hardly progress yeah so, uh, <laughs> like, okay maybe other artists need to sort of extend their reach and figure out how they can meet other people to start different conversations and have that sort of ripple effect which always is what the way the world works so I thought I'd organize a group show um, and put a call out and because I had like the PR and um, events and art world connections I just quite a big network on like LinkedIn actually at the time back then was brilliant for it um put a call for art out just saying this is a situation if we all come on board there'll be this amount of artists each of them have to put in this amount of money I think it's at 50 quid or something but that means there's if you sell your work then it goes the money goes directly back to you there's no commission anything like that um so we're literally artists doing it for artists and what I didn't realize was that international artists applied because they saw it as an opportunity to exhibit in London because it was London the yeah. first one um again without relying on having a gallery giving them that opportunity I was like okay this this is kind of fun this is international exhibition let's do this um and it was brilliant it was so good and um, the energy of all these creatives just basically coming on board on this uh, you know playing field that was level and everybody taking control for their little element of what it was then making this bigger picture of just was fantastic and I hadn't even finished that one it ran for it was only a week but before I'd even finished people asking when was the next one brilliant I was like was supposed to be a one-off okay so <laughs> me being me I can't I can't say no so I was like okay we'll do another one what if you do those and then suddenly um I think it was about four years down the line we'd actually well I'd managed to create a program which was about four or five exhibitions or events 
a year for a group of artists and it had grown to be an international group of about 60 or 70 who were consistently communicating with me and wanting to sort of get involved so I thought I need to formalize this somehow because it's it's got this energy it's doing something different it's it's become something yeah it's something and there's obviously a need for it otherwise why is it growing every single time there'd be another like 10 artists sort of adding on of like being part of this community that ended up being so I thought I can't do it alone so I'm gonna have to get some trustees and maybe I'll make it into a proper business and didn't really think about it too strategically it just like I said it was quite organic just building it meeting the right people who then seemed to want to also get involved and yeah after like sort of five years we set it up into a non-profit organization totally volunteer run still with non-commissioned so if an artist sells their work during any of our exhibitions they get 100% of that back there's small participation fees so exactly the same model as that first one but now we have a program of about sort of 12 to 15 exhibitions a year international as well because our international artists are the ones on the ground who find a space and then we do something there so an opportunity for uk artists to do things internationally without waiting for a gallery too so it's just it was just something that was meant to be and i facilitated that excellent and i bet you feel great for it i i am so proud of it and it's next year's our 10-year anniversary so it'll be 10 years since that first ever exhibition and the artists i've spoke to that have been in it all speak very highly of art can itself they love being a part of it I think it's the community. I think, yes, you get the opportunity to exhibit because you can and you can pick and choose whether or not it suits you at that stage of your practice then. But I think it surprises artists who are accepted as members. Um, it's free to apply, by the way, as well. They do none of this money stuff, it's just too much. Um, <laughs> but it does surprise them that when they do become actual members, they have this access to an international community of like-minded and nice. supportive individuals and creatives. Being an artist is such a solitary thing and it's beautiful because it's solitary. It means you're, you're focused on whatever it is that you're generating yeah, and creating. Yeah. And that is, you can't, you can share that if you are willing to share that and collaborate in certain sort of ways, but essentially it's, it's often very um, solitary, but it doesn't mean that you don't need to be part of the world yeah. to then make that solitary process actually really successful. And I think, yeah, it, it's it's the community that ends up surprising the artist about how much they actually benefit from it and feel engaged and excited by it and supported, I think. Yeah, well, there's that sense of community. I presume it's because everyone's got a little bit of ownership of what's going on in that day. Because normally when a curator or creator of an exhibition invites you to be a part of it, whether you have to pay to be a part of it or not, you generally just take your artwork down there and then go back on the private view to see where and how it's hung. Whereas yeah. if you've got a little bit of ownership of the event itself, yeah, then yeah, you're it's a, a part different of level it of it's investment. Of you. Yeah. But also because it's part of the community, you know that whoever you're hanging your work next to is also part of that community. So it becomes a combined kind of investment, which then has this sort of like huge impact is like we previously just closed an exhibition which is at the crypt gallery it's called legacy what i i just loved it it was at the height of when i wasn't feeling well and i wasn't able to be there it was all the things but online and the energy and the ripple effect that that one exhibition sort of had internationally was amazing and i think it surprised some of our newer members because it was one of their first exhibitions 
as to just quite what an impact and sort of yeah it, it had so i think the combined investment is as powerful as that individual investment life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs learn more at uh1.com hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com nice and how many exhibitions do you think you've had oh to date to date yeah sorry Oh my word. Um, we did a tally, I think, at the end of last year, and it was about 50 something, I think. Nice. We do more every year. Yeah. Because as we grow, and people sometimes say, do you want to, you know, cut membership at a certain point or anything? But the more we expand and grow, the more opportunities come our way, and the more alternative thinking and energy comes into the group, which then means that people are then carried along a little bit further because it takes sometimes that new energy coming in to then remind people of just how exciting it is or what opportunity it is to then like get newly invested, I suppose, and sort of move things, keeping going forward. Also, at no point do I ever want an Art Hand member to sort of feel that they have to do anything. It's like everything has to fit with their practice and their process at that time. And if they need to take sort of like a year out because they're focusing on a PhD or whatever it is that they've decided that, you know, is their next sort of step in their chapter of life is, is amazing and brilliant, but they can still be an ARCAM member and be aware of what the energy is. And we're all sort of behind the scenes cheering them on. And then as and when they want to sort of come back into the space and whatever it is that they'd like to engage with, then it's still there. And I think, I think there's, you should always respect people at different stages in their life and practice and, yeah, it just is. It's, it it means there's a mutual courtesy um, with with how we are building the program as well. Brilliant. And if anyone listening would want to exhibit with ArtCan, how would they go about that, and what is the, what is the process? So we have two membership windows, um, one in spring and one in autumn. It's currently open. Um, so September, October. Go to the website, the, the portal's there. You can click on the link. It's got all the T's and C's and everything you need to sign up um, to to apply. And then you need to submit your portfolio in a certain format. Read all the rules. <laughs> it helps us so much because we are juggling so much with, you know, day jobs and everything as well. But if you if the artists apply in the right way, then we love it because it just makes everything really easy and also shows that, you know, it, it helps when it then comes to coming to exhibit with us as well, that you'll follow some gentle structures and rules and actually make it a much easier situation for everybody. Um, So yes, you can apply. And then there's a committee um, which is actually made up of some of the artists who then review all applications. So this one will be at the end of October, beginning of November, and then artists will be notified if they are an ARCAM member. Once they become a member, they are then given access to all exhibiting opportunities that we are creating. And we sort of stagger them out through the year. 
and if one suits where they're at at the moment or what they want to do then they can apply if accepted by a curator or whichever curator it is that's engaged with that particular exhibition then there is a small participation fee as I mentioned before and then you're in and that is your opportunity to exhibit so what is the you have to show you're, you're dedicated to your practice though I oh, mean there are the, the the committee does look and make sure that there's I keep talking about energy, I sound like such a hippie, but it's actually really important that, yeah. that the, the artists who are coming on board actually are really dedicated to their practice or wanting to try and move it forward or showing a path of where they, they want to get to. And if art can, can sort of help them continue along that path by giving them um, opportunities to exhibit so that they can then explore their ideas and move things forward as well, then brilliant. That's, that, that suits, that, that means there'll be an art can artist to some extent. Whereas if you're just wanting to come on board because you just want to be able to exhibit but don't necessarily understand that it's the journey that we're all sort of on, then it's sometimes a little bit more difficult for that particular artist to then sort of feel really engaged with what the art can sort of ethos is, I suppose. Fair payment for artists is really important. So the non-commission thing for us is just absolutely key. Don't feel it's really fair for artists to have to pay to apply for things. Um, not in current society when, you know, money. It's just, it's ridiculous. And people are really struggling. And I don't think you should be unable to have access to exhibiting opportunities just because you don't earn or have a day job or it, it just, yeah, it just doesn't feel fair um, to my philanthropic soul. So people need to be able to exhibit, support each other without it being reliant on monetary, you know, yeah. I don't think money buys talent. Um, I just don't so take that out of the equation and then you end up with this amazing community actually of brilliant creatives who are all as I say it's a level playing field excellent and, and if you're an ArtCan member can you apply to every exhibition that's yeah every we do have some artists who just see it as their way of working through exhibiting opportunities but also the thing is like you say at the private views they're standing shoulder to shoulder with another ArtCan member um, and we do, we haven't for the last, during the pandemic, but we do often have an open call exhibition each year as well, which means that you don't have to be an ArtCam member to apply. Excellent. So we'll be hopefully bringing that back from next year as well. Superb. And how many members do you have at the moment, did you say? Approximately 378. Nice. Approximately. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice little community, isn't it? Well, we're across 26 countries. So it's not just UK, it's, um, yeah, 26 countries. If So if we wanted to do an exhibition in India, we could, because we have a, a couple of amazing artists over there. Again, in, a, in the States, we've got a good few artists as well. So we have actually got an exhibition in, in the States, and the two on the ground there near New York were our sort of curator support on the ground over there. And that, that's how we can make things happen, not just in the UK. Everything is possible with some energy and... Um, some structure there as well. I think because that first ever exhibition was actually structured really quite formally, it's just given us this amazing template that we can build on for each, everything that we do as sort of art can. We have a great um, team of volunteers as well who sort of work behind the scenes and they're not artists. So yes, if anybody's interested and they're not, not actually an artist to get involved, then we function as a business. We, we need help. <laughs> Anybody who's got a little bit of time and energy and wants to support contemporary artists in today's weird 
fucked up society, then um, come and talk to us because, yeah, it's an opportunity to actually figure out how the art world works. Again, by not having to rely on being picked up by a gallery yeah. or working within the traditional perceived art world as it still is. So, yeah. I think, and, I think and we might be offering that actually for non-artists. That could be quite interesting. And I, I do think that the current art world structure, it does need streamlining or cutting down or rethinking. Well, it, it just needs recognising for what it is. And I think what it is isn't the be-all and end-all anymore. Yeah. I mean, and I think I, as long as they can, if they, if the people who are working in that environment can recognise and start engaging and having potential collaborative gorgeousness with things like art can yeah. then imagine the ripple effect of that yeah. so i think it's 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 opening up their doors to be a little bit more creative and flexible in how it is that they're doing things and enabling and supporting organizations like art can then you know what world domination because yeah, if brilliant. you think of what our ripple effect is and we haven't got that sort of structure and potential funding or management behind us but imagine adding that into the mix as a collaboration, then, you know, yeah, we could take over the world. And I, I applaud you for doing so. And, and not having the bricks and mortar is a, is a huge advantage, isn't it? It is, but it also just keeps it entertaining. I get, oh, I mean, I think I just need constant entertainment. So I'm like, oh, what else can we do? Where, where else can we be? Let's do something different. Let's go, let's go into a space that we haven't been into before. Let's actually go to a corporate and do a, yeah, part of the corporate social responsibility program and actually bring art and make it accessible to people who don't actually want to necessarily go into those white box sort of spaces yeah. and just doing things differently means I, I maintain some entertainment for myself I think. <laughs> Brilliant and I know that art can are going to take over the world but how do you see how do you see that happening in the near future that's the end goal but what's happening just before then on the on the run up to it? On the run up to that, um, mm. I don't know. I I'm I don't really prescribe to sort of like five year plans or three yeah. year plans because I think the beauty of how we've got art cans where it is is because it's been organic and, and we've evolving, actually yeah. it evolves because we've got the space and flexibility to grow with it. I think if I try to constrain it, then a I'd get bored, and b I don't think it would have same generosity of community I think it would end up feeling quite prescribed and I will do everything I can to make sure it doesn't feel prescribed because I think that's why anybody can then who engages with it actually just likes it because it's not about me it's not about it's, it's, it's got its own identity and it's just generous and that I think goes a huge way going back to my sort of hippie roots I think if if we can make sure that everything that we do has that generosity of outward looking and accessibility then I think it's got to have some sort of ripple effect within today's society it's got to have something that's true and good just to try and counterbalance all the crazy shit that's going yeah. on which is why it feels really even more important to some extent to just keep steady yeah. and to keep true and I think I hope that that would then just organically and naturally keep the growth at a at a at a process and at a pace that means it's it can maintain its success in that respect. Yeah. I mean any community works with just being kind and aware of those around you. You know, anything more than that is a is a result, I think, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but like I say, the structure's there. So it doesn't mean we can't expand and we can't grow rapidly, um, but we're we gonna make sure that we're gonna, gonna, we're gonna do it properly and Brilliant. considered and generous. And I think that's Excellent. that will hopefully get world dominated in the long run. But we're gonna have to, I think we, we do need to try and collaborate more with other like-minded organizations and companies who are potentially slightly more established or in a different, slightly different field that we can then be a little bit creative with and do fun things with to then expand that sort of ripple effect. So it's not just within the art world and the art community and the artists, it's actually then becomes even yeah. more embedded within society as a bigger as a bigger story. Brilliant. If someone wants to get involved with Art Can, they're not an artist, they're not able to give their time. Is there any way they can help fund it or support it in any way? <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, we set up a Friends of programme because we did have quite a lot of people who were coming to exhibitions. They weren't artists. They were actually buying artworks and then going, oh, what's art can? But you're not taking commission. What's going on? So they're like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, okay. These yeah, are people yeah. who actually want to engage and support an organisation that is supporting contemporary artists, which happen to be some of their friends. But how can we then take from that? Yeah. Help, <laughs> so help the machine run. Yeah, yeah keep, it, keep it rolling. And also, yeah, just give us a little bit more of an, a bit of money to play with that meant we could put in a higher cost if we wanted to or do something a little bit different. And so, yes, one of our artists helped set up the Friends of Programme for ArtCan. So we have different tiers. We have a few corporate partners and sponsors who basically give us an annual sort of chunk to help us with our running costs. Brilliant. And we have individual friends of just £30 a year. But just think how many £30 times so many people then we could have world domination. So actually everybody you ever know has to has to become a friend of Artcam because then just look what we could do. So you say there's several tiers. So you've got the first tier being a friend of, and that's... £30 a year. The next tier up is... You could become a founder friend of, and that's like 250 I think, a year. Um, and now I'm going to be challenged. Corporate starts from like 500 upwards. But I think there are tiers. And what's the difference between the Artcam friend and founder friend? Um, a founder friend is one that gets listed on all of our sort of brochures, credited and everything okay. as, a, as an amazing supporter of contemporary art. Um, yes, it does include my dad. Um, uh, <laughs> well, you know, he's got us. <laughs> I won't let him buy any more artwork at the moment because I haven't created anything yet, but he can definitely help with art. But it's other sort of individuals who, are, who want to go that sort of extra step and recognise a sort yeah. of bigger commitment would help and and or are able to very kindly afford it and then the friends of is just your sort of you could gift it to someone as a as a christmas present nice. like oh you could become a you know so we're doing things like that where it just feels for the price of two bottles of prosecco a year you could actually come and drink a glass of prosecco at a private view instead or something you know so um yeah that's why we differentiated between the tiers brilliant and if by any chance anyone from the corporate world is listening what can they do to support they can become a corporate friend um and or donate to us because we are a non-profit organization Excellent. um in return we can go and fill their offices with amazing artwork and host events for them and things like that as well because we've got a couple of um corporates who we work with already um and we are part of their corporate social responsibility program because they recognize that giving back to the creative sort of field has a ripple effect amongst society and generally and also they have clients who are interested in looking at something that's not a poster from Habitat on their walls. So, Brilliant. you know, we'll do that for them. 
and it just it opens up an audience for us as well because the artists get to talk to individuals and their the corporate clients and staff who are often too busy to actually go and look at an art exhibition so if we bring it to them they yeah they, they sell well actually it's it's a really nice conversation that we've started with with the corporate so yeah anybody Good. interested would really really enjoy that it's a win-win situation all around kind of right? is, actually yeah yeah it is <laughs> and when is the next art can event our next one is actually we're doing an online exhibition so during the pandemic we realized that we still needed to find ways of exhibiting and offering opportunities to engage with art so i was introduced to an amazing individual tom who runs td360 and he created the virtual art can gallery for us so we have a gallery in the virtual world that we fill with exhibitions but the beauty of it is that it is adaptable so each exhibition we can change the fact it's in autumn colors because you know the trees outside are, it's autumn really? time um interiors we can change the floor we can change the walls we can change the lighting so um our next exhibition in november is called breathing out and it's actually to raise um, awareness about climate change and that sort of those sort of themes and conversations with our artwork and with the artists. And the gallery is going to look like you've never seen it before. So um, it's really exciting. And how nice, again, not having bricks and mortars, but having a virtual gallery yeah. means that the adaptability is still there and it's still exciting. So, um, and I think the hybrid sort of model of having online exhibitions as well as physical ones now we are post pandemic means that we are still I mean we kind of thrived through the pandemic because our international artists and audiences really engaged with us because they felt they could because we offered platforms for them to do that yeah but they didn't then feel like they couldn't do something because they weren't able to be here physically and I want to maintain that I want to make sure that we are always offering a wider opportunity for our international artists to feel that they don't have to get a flight over or be here physically yeah, they can yeah. still engage and do things with our program that's what the art can gallery is it's a totally immersive gallery you walk through that front door and you are you are navigating your way around this this gallery Excellent. space um yeah that was fun too how can anyone see what kate enters or art can are doing be it website or social media okay so art can is artcan.org.uk for the website and at artcan.org. don't forget the org on social media across all the platforms so follow and like and share and keep the ripple effect going brilliant um and i am at kate enters on social media and katenters.co.uk for website hey, that's all my questions asked thank you very much for your time it has been such a great conversation thank you so much for the opportunity all right kate oh, thank like you very it. much thank you so much you take on. care have a good rest of the day and you ta-da If you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg at gmail.com or on Instagram at Ministry of Arts Org. Ta-da!
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.